0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Chalice Chasers podcast. I'm really happy uh, to be joined tonight by another great guest and uh, someone who's actually been on the show once before. Um, tonight we have Greg Sawyer joining us. Greg is a, uh, a newer member to the league, but a, uh, a thunderous voice in the, uh, in the league none, nonetheless. And uh, we are uh, incredibly excited to have him on tonight. Greg, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, thanks. You know, uh, Mets are doing good uh april baseball uh, you know this whole season's in front of us all the optimism in the world so best time of the year
0: it really is the best time of the year it's uh it's nice to see how the players are doing so how uh, how's the fantasy season been for you so far are you uh you've been paying close attention or are you uh you're trying to pace yourself i've been
1: gritting my teeth uh through this first month uh felt really good about the draft um And then right at the end, when I was walking out the door, um, Ari made that comment that uh, it was kind of like a backhanded compliment. But he's like, whoa, Greg, good draft. Like, I think you could maybe be in the top nine this year. Um, And I've just thought about that every day since I looked back at all my bottom bottom 10, 11, 12 finishes. And uh, I thought "I I need to be in the top nine. I need to be in the playoffs, really. But Um, this is a big make or break year for me because it's year four for me. Now Um, I talk like I uh, know what I'm doing and in the group a lot. So I need to kind of back that up on, on the field.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know how it goes. Uh, After he said that at the draft, did you start to uh, second guess your uh, draft decisions or you still felt pretty strong?
1: Uh, No, there was no second, second guessing. I loved my team. I still love my team. Uh, I started out good against, uh, against Sean. uh, Who's, you know, always a, always has a good team. So I was very encouraged by that. Then I had uh, the pitcher Pinocchio's next uh, who I thought was a fraud. I called him a fraud and my season just took a huge turn, turn from there. I think I maybe, maybe poked a bear there. And, uh, and then I got a little nervous losing to the pitcher Pinocchio's, but um, we're riding the ship. We're getting back on track.
0: Do you believe in fantasy karma?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. If I hadn't said anything, I would have won that game 12 nothing. But that's part of the fun of it. You know, it would not have been as enjoyable if I silently um, beat Larry like that. I want to, if I'm winning, I want to, I want to talk about it. I want people to know about it. And uh, on the flip side, you know, I like when when people (laughs) let me know about how my team's uh, doing bad. So it goes both ways.
0: No, I totally know how it goes. Was that you that were uh, you guys were going back and forth about Max Muncy, or was that um, what was the beef that you guys had during during that week?
1: Um, I I was not chirping uh, Max Muncy, but uh, Max Muncy was on Larry's bench, kind of like where he probably should have been, uh, based on you know how he was performing last year. But um, I chirped him. Uh, he had two home runs on the bench. I didn't chirp him about Muncie. Uh, I think it might've been Sean that jumped in uh, or, some, okay. or to Larry's defense. And then, uh, and then Larry put him in and he hit two home runs again. So that, that was when the tides turned. So partly karma, partly, um, if I didn't say anything, maybe he wouldn't have noticed Muncie. I don't know. Um, so yeah, kind of my fault, but I, I wouldn't hey, change anything.
0: Hey, well, you're still right there in it right now. It looks like you're in like a sixth or seventh place. So uh... Nine, Um, yeah, that is top nine.
1: The name change is going to help me too. I, I, it it was one of those things where I needed to change the direction on my team or or really like focus my guys on, you know, let's just focus on being top nine and then the rest will fall into place. So we have our mission statement now.
0: (laughs) It that's what you needed. You needed that direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw, I was looking at your team and I noticed that, uh, um when it comes to the league wide standings, you've got, you know, you're pretty high in all the hitting categories and, you know, you're in the lower half for the pitching ones. Was that by design or is that just your hitters have been hotter and your pitchers have been colder?
1: No, that was uh that's how I drafted. I don't think I picked a pitcher until round 11 or 12. Um, and that, that was intentional by me. I, I really wanted to build a team that, um, I had diversity amongst the hitting well, not maybe not diversity, but flexibility. Um, so I can construct kind of a different lineup each night, um, play the hot hand, kind of look at pitching matchups a little bit. Um, and so I wanted depth, uh, and multiple options there. Um, and then the pitching, I just thought I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to, I'm going to play the streamers. I'm going to be focused on that. And I just need to land, um, land someone in free agency early that has kind of that takeoff year. And uh, hopefully I did that with uh, Mason Miller. I haven't given up yet, um, but I have a lot invested in this, in this young guy.
0: Uh, the cost wasn't too high. No. And it's funny because
1: I, so I played a dynasty league as well, where I also scooped them up. So I was just like riding very high on that. I watched his game and he was just blowing the ball by people, you know, 103 miles an hour out of the stretch and then just like a wicked movement off of that. And I texted you and I was like, this guy looks like the ground to me. Um, and then you kind of just offered to trade him to me. And I was like, that's kind of surprising. He must not not believe in my scouting report, uh, but we'll <laughs> see. He kind of he came back down to earth a little bit in the second game, but it was, it was still a fine performance, like four innings, four runs, but he's got it, got a few strikeouts. So.
0: Yeah, and the I've thing never... about playing
1: in Oakland is I don't think he's going to be sent back down to the minor leagues. Cause who else do they have, you know? So they'll let him, yeah. let them they sink know. or swim out there.
0: They totally will. I've never actually seen him pitch and I never saw, I, I still never, I couldn't tell you what he looked like at all. The only thing I've seen is in the fantasy um, game tracker. When he throws a pitch, it'll say oh, hundred just... mi- miles an hour. It's like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, oh geez. But when you offered new bar I, and I'm light on outfield, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's like new new could be a waiver guy, but I don't know. Um yeah, well, I'll, Mason I'll Miller let, could be too, so yeah, I'll let you have him.
1: Yeah. If you want to know what he looks like, you can just hop into the group me. I changed my group me picture to uh, Mason Miller's face, so we're all in oh, on this guy.
0: Okay, okay. I uh and is the is the true uh fervor for him coming from uh the fact that he reminds you of DeGrom Like it, it's deep-rooted Mets Or uh, Are you just uh, You know it, It's something to do with the, the way he throws gas
1: um, I like buying into Just the, the narrative of just like a sensational Guy to come out of nowhere um, I think someone might have Said I think someone might have called him Spencer Strider question mark in jest And then I thought who is Spencer Strider this year um, and then he plays in Oakland, which I also find amusing. Cause I like having West coast teams to watch after, um, after the Mets play, you know, later at night. So, um, that was like a few years ago. I was obsessed with the Mariners just cause I was, I wanted to see when Logan Gilbert came up. So he's kind of like my new, my new guy, I'm going to stay up late and watch. And, uh, and yeah, and, and just watching that one inning and the pitch movement was crazy the speed was crazy. So it was just a fun guy to invest in. I really should do some background research on this guy. Cause he might suck. Like, I, I hope he doesn't like I might like go to his Wikipedia and he has some like, you know, a few like misdemeanors or arrests. I don't, I don't know. I should do some research before I, I support him so blindly, but um, on the field, he looks awesome. He's
0: Miller, probably a saint
1: off the field too.
0: I hope so. I hope he is. Uh, Miller is the new Gilbert. I like that.
1: Yeah, if he is Logan Gilbert, I'll be happy with that. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm going for Strider.
0: I like it. I like it. Uh, Spencer Strider's been unbelievable this year. And uh, speaking about this year, uh, um, I'd love to kind of just get your take on the first three weeks of the year and uh, just see what you're thinking about the uh, the league as a whole. Um, any uh, any idea about who are um, you know contenders, who are pretenders? I'd uh, yeah. love to see how you're how you're thinking about it right now.
1: Yeah. I've got a, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. So uh, I don't know what everyone likes to hear is a uh, league new guy, never been in the playoffs and uh, he's judging all of, all of these long tenured teams that uh, know what they're doing. But I, I put together a definitive list of tiers um, that oh, wow. I, I would, that I would bet a lot on. So I've got, let's see, I've split it into um, four tiers. Should I, should I work from the top down or bottom up?
0: Ooh. That's always the hardest question. I think in this case, let's go bottom up,
1: right? Bottom up. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny both ways to reveal like, yeah, who who I think is going to win or save the, the worst for last, but yeah, we'll go bottom up. So have you named the tiers? Yeah. Oh yeah. I've named the tiers. Oh, I can't uh, wait. Let's go. So tier four is called the, uh, enjoy your summer tier football season's coming <laughs> soon. Uh, these guys, you know, they could put all of the time and effort into this season, but it's probably not worth it when you could just enjoy your summer. Maybe start focusing on your fantasy football team because I, I just don't think that the path's there for them to uh, them to waste their time. So they should just enjoy their summer. Uh, in the enjoy your summer tier, we got Kevin and Sean, and uh, I'll start with Kevin because. Uh, oh he's actually in that last spot. Um, my, my problem with this team is that there's no hitting depth and flexibility. Like I talked about how I constructed my team, which is kind of the ideal way to do it. Um, joke. Uh, but he does (laughs) not have, um, (laughs) he, he doesn't have any bench depth for his hitters and he's using all of that to kind of hoard pitching. Um, which I guess would be good if there were, he had like good pitching out there, but, um, but it's kind of like just a mess of eh, pitching that hopefully somebody works out, but there's no um, real like aces to do that for. Um, and more than that, kind of the, the, like what I'm scared of this team is. So it's not deep in the hitters. And then the guys that he does have there are old guys that I like don't think might not be bouncing back like if a lot of your lineup depends on jose abreu and salvador perez like those are old guys that they're not playing well this year and that kind of just might be they're a younger guy i might be more optimistic but less optimistic there
0: yeah i i have to agree with you on that one
1: yeah i when we, you were doing the thing with a the other week about worst picks uh that draft i can't believe the salvador perez pick didn't come up because when we we're at the draft, people. That got an uproar how early he picks Alvin Perez.
0: You know, it, it should have. And uh at least my picks have been uh I've missed the mark. Uh Corbin Carroll's been pretty good. Dalton Varsho's been pretty good. We'll see what happens with Tatis. But I agree with you yeah. there. Uh yeah. if it's hard to under it's hard to know that those players were gonna get injured, like you know, have Seeger and uh, Robbie Ray and stuff on the IL. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna have that happen, your um your fifth or sixth pick. Salvador Perez you really have to hit that
1: no yeah exactly
0: um but I I didn't want to be too
1: down on on any of the teams uh well I did kind of want to be down on Kevin's team but I also (laughs) uh, I I also kind of thought okay if I was Kevin like how would I write this ship or kind of like what would need to happen for for him to move up tiers kind of the the path to or the case for him to prove me wrong and I think the case here is that he really needs to battle on pitching he needs to out outstream everyone make sure he's he's making all the right decisions there which i think kevin will put in the time to 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 grind on he um, certainly will and then i think what he should do is is maybe if he hits on some of these pickers pitchers package maybe two or three of them um that are hot for for some hitting depth so that he can play the lineups with hitting and kind of um structure his team that way and then just kind of pray for cory seager and uh um of course eager to come back healthy and bounce back which i think, think there's a lot of support that he might do that because he's like the number one guy that was affected by the shift so you know there's optimism when he comes back maybe he could be a new player and then like if, if seager endeavors are kind of candidate like all-star candidates that can carry his team like that would be the, the support for, for for how he can move up tiers
0: I like that. I like that optimistic view. Uh, We'll see if that uh, comes, comes to fruition. It's, it's a long season, but this, this pitching staff is just, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm with you there. definitely, it's, uh, it's swimming upstream to say the least.
1: Right. Yeah. And and then the thing with with Sean, it's kind of a similar situation where I don't like the hitting flexibility and the pitching, there's no ace. That's, that really scares me uh, on this team. Um, another point for for Sean with the hitting is that no one's really underperforming where they were expected by a great deal. I mean, you know, Aaron Judge isn't the number one player in fantasy as he was expected to be, but he's, he's, he's playing well. It's not like he's he's totally a, a bust or anything like that. Um, and Sean's not getting results. It's not like he can say, OK, when he bounces back, I'll be better um i don't see the big bounce back candidate like for instance kevin has with the well Corey seeger will be back like i don't see that that silver lining for sean
0: no but his team it's it's pretty like it's pretty status quo for sean like i feel like this is the kind of team that um i don't know if he would take the summer off uh i feel like this is the kind of team because he's got gold schmidt and judge and alonzo could creep creep in there but we'll see yeah uh We'll definitely see. I'm with you there on the on the pitching though. There's uh, I mean, Christian Javier's do, having a nice year, and Kershaw's been okay.
1: Well, that's actually one of the the notes I had for Kershaw. Has been been really good, but you know, will he stay healthy? And he's on the older side. It's funny. It's him on the older side. He's actually not that much older than us. But uh, yeah, right. Um, I thought, yeah, maybe if I was Sean, what I would do is um, sell high on Kershaw after a few good starts, just to get some like you know, hitting depth. Um, and so we can, I think a big narrative or theme for me so far is hitting depth and playing lineups. So, um, that might be kind of one of the things I try to do. And, uh, another case for Sean is that, you know, Pete Alonzo could hit 80 home runs this year and, uh, he's on pace for that. And, um, if you have a guy on your team hitting 80 home runs, you're going to be in the playoffs. Um, (laughs) so I, I, I don't doubt that.
0: Um, you know the polar bear has been incredibly hot to start April, which uh, is uh, sometimes rare for these Northeast teams because of the cold weather. You really think he could uh, he could put um, up some big numbers this year? Or do you think this is a uh, a flash in the pan?
1: Um, I said at the draft um, that he's going to hit sixty home runs, and uh, and that was met with some laughs. And that's looking like uh, like the floor right now for Pete. Sixty
0: um, home runs is the floor. I like it. That's a bold, that's a bold take.
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, he's hitting I, I'm sure he's gonna, you know, have a have a few bad weeks where he only hits two or three home runs, but um home run every other game in uh in this loaded Mets lineup is uh not out of the question.
0: It's gonna be fun to watch. Uh
1: well, and it's funny that he has uh Alonzo and Judge, so you know. I guess that's that's really the case for Sean's team that those two E-Roy. guys just pop off. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so there is some there is power there, which um, did, is a positive for him that not all teams have that kind of power.
0: I don't want to put you on the spot here, but did you read that thing he said around last year where he like was simulating um, using some coding? He was simulating uh, outcomes like team outcomes and trying to predict like which. Uh, which category is like the most sick like predictive for success?
1: Oh, I do I, I, yeah, I don't I do remember that um kind of vaguely. Yeah. I don't remember the specifics.
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't remember the specifics as as closely as I should, but I vaguely remember the the number one category was slugging. It was either slugging or OBP, but I I, th- I think it was slugging, which now obviously is uh, we have it wrapped into OPS, but uh, it kind of makes sense if you look at this team, right? With Goldschmidt, <laughs> Judge, Alonzo, like mm-hmm. those are just uh, the sluggers.
1: Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah, Eloy. <laughs> well, he he needs to wake up, right?
0: I, you ever watched Eloy like in uh like all like in an actual game, like the the sideways hat? I don't I don't get him why he's playing the field. He's like just has no business being in the any outfield on a major league team. Like, it just makes no sense.
1: I was going to say, uh, I was thinking about my league pass rankings as, as one of the things, like, what what teams do I like watching that aren't the Mets? And last year, I was all over the White Sox. So I was just like, how is this team ever going to lose? They're so fun. They're so cool. And they just, they just anger me now. I, I refuse to watch them. Maybe it's because they-, they remind me of the – the Mets just being like the worser of two teams in a city that, you know, like the, the little brother, maybe that could be part of it. I don't know.
0: I don't know. But uh um are the White Sox bad this year? I yeah. Think they're they somehow be. horrible. Yeah. Right. It makes no sense. There's so much talent and a lot of swag on that team. And yet they can't, um, they can't seem to put it together.
1: Yeah. It, they, they anger me.
0: Uh, so, so that's,
1: maybe that's another reason I, I put Shaka on so I don't believe in the Eloy. You love oh, breakout.
0: While we're on the topic, what are your um, what are your streaming uh, uh, teams?
1: Um, so I I, I said this uh, in my pre-draft thing. Number one Mariners fan in the league. Um, they're obviously a lot of fun with uh, J Rod, uh, Kellenex having a huge breakout, which is also a little sad for me because he was used to be in the met system and then logan gilbert we were talking about so i think pitchers t- is the two big things for me of like my league pass streaming is do you have fun pitchers that i'll tune in to watch and can i imagine living in this city and like being a fan of this team so
0: <laughs> really i love that yeah like
1: when i'm watching a mariners game and they're showing the skyline i'm just thinking like man like what if i lived in washington and i was just you know lumberjacking by day and then after a long day of cutting down trees i went in and had a starbucks and then you know turned on the mariners and uh and put myself in that situation i'm like that sounds fun uh similarly this year i'm bought in on the diamondbacks because they have you know corbin carroll's been an electric rookie um i like watching zach gallon merrill kelly um pitch uh They've got, they've got an old man, Evan Longoria. I don't know how many people realize he's still in the league, but he's yeah. out there. And then you can be like, okay, I'm living in Scottsdale. I just, you know, have a, have a trust fund and I golf all day. And then I, and then I come back and uh, maybe I'll catch a, catch the game while I'm, you know, at, at the bars in old town or something like that. So I'm like, that sounds pretty fun as well. Um like to put myself there and then this one makes no sense
0: fantastic man what's the (laughs) yeah what's how else how else else are you supposed to watch
1: it like i want to i see these people in the stands and like the worst is like you ever put on a reds game in cincinnati and there's like 14 people there. And I'm just thinking like, how did you get to the stands stadium today? You know, like,
0: it's that, funny. It's funny you say this. Cause I think deep down everyone actually does this. <laughs> yeah. Like
1: you, you can't, you gotta, if you're going to watch a team, I think you got to put yourself in that mindset. I don't know.
0: A hundred percent. I love throwing all the Padres. Cause it's like, man, I want to, I want to just sit there and watch a game and see the skyline and whatever. Padres. Going on. Yeah. yeah. You, you
1: learn to surf. You can learn yeah, to right? surf in the morning, and then you just uh, come. In, probably still wearing your, probably to wearing your swim trunks to the stadium.
0: No, 100%. no shower.
1: Happy hour Padres game, and then you're out in the what do they call it? The Gaslight District, something like that. I, I've never been, but it sounds chill.
0: I, I haven't been either, but I think you're 100 percent right. And you know what? This is why I don't watch uh, Twins games. <laughs>
1: You don't like watching baseball with mittens on and scarves?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. It's like <laughs> the the pregame routine. Everyone's hanging out in a mall somewhere. That's... No, I'm with you. I think I think people actually deep down, uh, deep down do this. The one I'll add before you get to the third is watch a Braves game sometime. All the fans look alike. They, <laughs> they, they all have like combed over like ball cuts and like golf polos. Like they all look like they just left Augusta.
1: <laughs> you don't a picture when you say they all look like i'm just picturing mvp baseball 2004 where they just like pan to the stands you know and like the coding technology was just so you have everyone like, looks the same
0: exactly uh I, I remember that the fans were always the um they were always two-dimensional
1: yeah <laughs> no i i don't know i've, I've never been to that Braves stadium but been there for it's like a complex like a new complex i've been there for a concert um, so it looked like it would be a good time, but, uh, but I'll trust you on the, uh,
0: on so the clone thing. I think, it, I think it would be a, a fun one, but just watch the, watch the group of people in behind home plate sometime. Where, uh, <laughs> um, they, they all literally just walked off of Augusta. It's like, uh, uh, g- golf all day, every day, but, um, but that's on the queue for me then. Uh, what, um, what's your third? I can't, oh, believe, I only say- at this, I can't believe we're only at the second team, by the way of your tears, <laughs>
1: i the think is like if you're a fan of um east coast baseball team there's just it's it's nice to throw on those. it's like you don't have to watch the whole thing but just kind of get in the, the third one makes no sense but um my the the d- doesn't follow my um uh system but the pittsburgh pirates this year have just been kind of electric yeah. like they have they're off to the hot start um one of my good friends from high school is a Pirates fan, too, which has played into it. So I always try to throw it on when I can to support him uh, to get, you know, so I know what he's talking about. But um, usually I'm out by the second week in April. I'm like, I got all the Pirates I needed this year. And this year they just keep kind of winning. And, um, you know, old man Rich Hill still in the league. Love watching that they've got like old man McCutcheon back in Pittsburgh. That's a great narrative. We were talking about narratives earlier. You know, you're, you're a narrative guy, McCutcheon MVP back in Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> they just gave Brian Reynolds the first ever hundred million dollar contract in franchise history. Um, O'Neal Cruz is, well, you know, I hope he comes back, but he, he is one of those like young electrifying guys that you're like, you know, optimistic that about the future of the franchise. And, um, And they also have a great, um, minor league pipeline coming up. Um, so I think this is a team that is kind of built that they might sustain this, maybe not, maybe not win a division right now, but, um, it's the first time in a while or since I can remember that I can kind of see the pirates, you know, I don't think the pirates are going to sell at the deadline, which is something I could never say on April 26th, any other year of my life.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great point. Uh, I also think that they uh, um, if they were good, their fan bases uh, for real and pretty tried and true fans. And so if you're thinking about a game in October, like I think that stadium could be rocking, like that'd be a cool atmosphere.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm kind of putting myself in that mindset now, I'm walking over those bridges, getting getting over the river. I don't really know what to do. I, I'm not a, I don't know much about Pittsburgh, but I'm going to do my research.
0: Interesting. I, I have to say I haven't watched a second of Pittsburgh baseball this year. But uh, I think you're on to something there.
1: Yeah. Next time Rich Hill starts, you should not, uh, or actually any game, but I just, I just think it's amazing when 40 year old athletes play a sport.
0: It's, I heard someone talk about this the other day about how, and they're saying that um, uh, gardener is the perfect example of this, is you get to a certain age where you need to learn how to like be a pitcher. Where you need to learn how to be like more methodical and less just all about like speed and power, mm-hmm. and like certain guys learn that. And when you learn how to be a pitcher, you don't need as much speed. And you know, Rich Hill is a perfect example, or like some of these guys that are forty or, you know, late thirties, like Verlander, Scherzer, like they, they know how to they know how to do more with less. It's Mm -hmm. really, it's really interesting to watch because hitters are generally the opposite way. Like, like you can't, you can't, like you, you need to have power. Like you can't learn to just like small ball your way around at age 39.
1: Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no, there's no 40 year old slap hitters that I can think of. It's just like the Nelson cruises that will step in there and maybe blast one.
0: hundred percent. So what, um, I think that's the end of the, uh, Take the summer off and enjoy. Uh, enjoy yeah, it while you can. Tier. What's the next tier? Next tier is uh, is called the top nine. This
1: tier, they're not. Top they're not nine? Focused, yeah, they're they're focused on. Look, we got to get into the top nine, uh, so that Ari will respect us as a team. Um, we're not thinking about the playoffs. We're definitely not thinking about a championship. But we can we can be a top nine team.
0: Why, why do you think Ari's opinion carries so much weight in the league? Is it because he's a founding father? Or is it just, uh, uh, what is it? Cause I'm with you there. It's, uh, everyone's looking for his approval.
1: I think it's cause he's in a like an original, a founding father. I think it's, um, you and Kevin are kind of like the, like, uh, two voices of the league. You have this podcast. Kevin is the commissioner and he's like your old friend. It was like, wasn't like the three of you guys in the neighborhood growing up. Wasn't that the, uh, the thing so it's kind of like he's like the third head in this baseball league um but he's also kind of um like
0: it's <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah and like he'll when he came on and did his like equation thing like he's just like very confident in uh his I don't know his strategy and um <laughs> I, I don't know it, top nine got in my head i don't know what else to say about I'm it i'm
0: with you he definitely did and I'm, I'm there he uh he said something like that to me a few years back where i need to i need to make the playoffs this year to prove that i'm on to something after i won after 2020 he's like you have three years to make the playoffs and make a run or it was just mm-hmm. luck you know he's a just um, arbitrary rules just I, I love it though i he adds a he adds a uh um an element to the league that makes it competitive. And so uh, we'll have to get him on here again soon, but uh, I was curious why, uh, why the top nine stuck with you so much.
1: Top nine. Well, this so this group, they, they're going for the top nine. They don't want to be, you don't want to be 10. That's the worst place you could be. Um, And so first guy in the top nine is Carter. Um, His big problem right now is just the Padres. Um, Manny Machado, high pick, not playing well. Juan Soto, high pick, not playing well. Josh Hader, uh, he's all right. I don't know if I I, I trust him fully. Uh, Xander Bogarts, he's actually been playing well. But I never like when a team is so dependent on one major league team um, because you kind of live and die um, as that team goes. So I like to see a little diversification there. And, I mean, Carter's. I mean, if Juan Soto and Machado – if one or both of them don't turn into uh, the players, they are, his team's kind of sunk. Cause that they're, they're the axis of that team.
0: I'm with you there. The only thing I can say is that like, I don't, I don't know if these projection systems are just broken or what, but like Juan Soto is not a 300 hitter this year. He's batting 188. Like he's going to end the year in at best 250, 275. Like I think 275 would be the high, but these, these systems still like have him projected as you know um, Mickey Mantle, and so it's going to be interesting to see. I I didn't even notice he had all those Padres until I played him. I was like, wait a minute, you have the whole Padres lineup? Like, what? yeah.
1: <laughs> what happens in weeks that Padres have like a few rainouts? Like he's just taking the loss those weeks, I guess.
0: Or they're cold, or it just doesn't rain in Southern California.
1: Yeah. Well, they got to go on the road too, but. Uh, oh. Yeah, but so carter's team i will say though like there's some optimism to be had on the other side so he's got um the, the case for him to 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 push out of the top the the top nine uh, grouping is that degrom stays healthy for the whole year and he's degrom tyler glass now comes back and becomes becomes a stud and then he's got a great kind of like supporting cast like that can be that if they're the, your third or fourth best pitcher, that's great. Like Manoa, uh, Tristan McKenzie, maybe McKenzie Gore, like if he can uh, kind of keep playing well, like he has been. So um, his pitching is in kind of a good shape. Um, so he's got options where he can adjust this roster a little bit um, and rely on his pitching. And then maybe if, if, if one of those guys, if one or two of those guys really pan out that you don't need, four aces you can you can trade a trade of arm to diversify your hitting and um so i see some some flexibility there with what he has it's not you know not time to take the summer off but
0: um i'm with you i just team. lost i just lost to him so i agree with everything you just said i think there's a there's still a lot there
1: yeah um next top nine i have is the pitcher pinocchios I, I wanted so bad to put this guy and take the summer off but um <laughs> when he beats me uh nothing you can do. And I will say he, his roster is constructed in, in the way that I enjoy. He's got, um, his, he's using his reserves as, as hitters. So, um, so he's able to play those matchups just like he did against me, but sit down Muncie when he's cold, play him against the play him against the matchups and, uh, and, and do it like that. The one thing that makes me nervous is, um, again, he doesn't, all of his guys are kind of performing where, we'd expect them to perform um and you know he's not winning too many games uh, as it stands so there's not there's not like a an ace in the hole uh, that he has coming there
0: Um, oh I see what you're saying yeah that's interesting I mean Spencer Strider is the fourth best pitcher in the league like but I guess you expected that right
1: yeah I expected him to be an ace uh so I mean he's he's maybe not fourth best pitcher in the league, but it doesn't, it's not too surprising and it, it's not, and there's nowhere to go from there. Right. So like you can't get any better. Um, what he does have is a Verlander. I guess Verlander is uh, hitting. He doesn't have any Verlander he has. Um, so that could um, come off the bench or, you know, get healthy. And then he's in a similar situation. Him and Car- it's funny, Kevin and Sean, I feel like are kind of built the same. And then uh, Larry and Carter. So like Larry has um, Strider as is a stud verlander let's, let's call him a stud and then he's got this supporting group around that with the hunter green uh strowman's played really well kyle wright uh chris bassett um it's kind of been kind of par for the course for chris bassett but you know one or two of those guys hits you, you know you they're all fighting for who's the third third guy in that rotation and then after that that's just depth so um yeah. So he can, he can make moves there. And then he's got a lot of bats so he can maybe package a bat and a, and a pitcher and just get a, get a power bat. Uh, I think he, he's missing power. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the hole that he has in hitting.
0: Yeah. I thought the Nolan Arenado pick was a little early. He, he tends to hit on these things though. Like even with the Muncie stuff, you know, muncy has got 11 homers. Um, uh, so I'll never discount any of the uh, moves he makes there, but I'm with you. The, the, the power is definitely not there, but it's it's just hard to again. Guys like Mike Trout, um, just really never never count those kind of guys out. Right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. So that's so all, all not lost, oh, there. man. I'm looking at a team page right now. I try not to. What is that? Ugh.
1: I think it's to the, the uh, Tom Hanks Pinocchio. Wait, No,
0: what is it?
1: I don't know. He should have gone with the Guillermo del Toro uh, Pinocchio.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is uh uh this is graphic. That's definitely not the Tom Hanks one.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think maybe you sent that in the group the other day. too much Pinocchio talk.
0: There is a lot of Pinocchio talk, but uh all right, so moving along, who's the yeah. uh, who, So who the who last guy,
1: on? last guy in the top nine uh grouping is uh Danny. Um and my biggest issue with his team right now is, uh, the management of it. Um, not <laughs> all his fault, but, uh, there's just not full, full lineups there. Uh, and he has a kind of a big time injury bug. So no, no reserve hitters because, um, Anderson, uh, is on the IL. Yuan mancala is on the IL. Um, and he's got McCullers on the IL, Rodon on the IL, Severino on the IL. So um, he's kind of got his hands tied because there's only so much you can do with that. Um, so it's just
0: when does it become too late? Because I'm with you. He's got some James Outman. He's got some guys, but when does he's definitely the injury bug? But it could it could become too late. He's got seven guys on the IL.
1: Right, and that's why I think maybe it's time for you know you might need to get a little bit uh aggressive uh, on how you're dealing with that um because sure. yeah,
0: people logo no out for the year oh that like i'm saying like yeah. i'm with you there like there's definitely maybe it's the roster okay. management stuff that, but... that is
1: a bad roster i did not realize i thought it was i thought he was coming back this year i go so this says out until at least september 1st so he's yeah. having
0: like major sur- shoulder surgery
1: okay so actually i might yeah danny's uh He, I might have to drop him on the fly to the enjoy your summer tier because one of my positives, what if he already
0: started enjoying his summer? I think that's what
1: I think we we just discovered that. Um, yeah, because my one, it's funny, one of my positives for this team was that I liked that uh, he had two serviceable catchers which gave him flexibility, but that's not true. Um, and yeah, he's got to get healthy, I think. What a, I look at this team and I think, okay, James Outman and Grayson Rodriguez need to just break out and be sustainable. And then that's fun. Um but
0: Grayson Rodriguez has not been good though.
1: No. Um but he I haven't given up all hope yet, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's gotta do something about this IL situation. Nothing because yeah. You, you, like you said, you can only wait so long. You put yourself in a hole and then, but you know what, if you're just battling for top nine and you're not worried about playoffs, but yeah, hold out. And then you're going to have an awesome August run when all these guys come back from injury and move right up into that nine spot.
0: Hey, maybe you never know. Something tells me Danny's, uh, Danny's gunning for first place, but we'll say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, I mean, so that was the top nine tier next tier, I have our, uh, I'll call them the pretenders, but they're really just guys that are, have the playoffs on their mind, but I don't think that they are real championship contenders. So. Wow. Okay. um,
0: I think you're going to offend some people here. Listen, um, I'll start off with
1: myself. I think I'm at the bottom edge of of this pretender tier. Uh, I, I think top nine for me is, is, uh, I've already surpassed that in, in terms of my expectation. And now I'm thinking, okay, now get into the playoffs. I've never made the playoffs. Um, I need to do it this year. And we talked about my team a little bit with like kind of how I thought about putting it together. But um, yeah. So it really just, my, my problem is my batters have been good. They've been outperforming. I've got, you know, like Nimmo is, is playing well. Uh, Cody Bellinger, you know, it's kind of, is he back? He might be back. Uh,
0: he might be Ushida, back.
1: Um, I got laughed at for that pick, taking him early, but look, he's, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's been outperforming um, what he did early. And I have the depth there that I've been able to play matchup. So I'm just, you know, I have the luxury of only, you know, playing Belliger against right-handed pitching and, and doing stuff like that. So I feel good about my hitting. Um, and then I thought I would just be able to just out muscle people on the streaming. Uh, and, and I've not been too good at that. My closers have been bad. Um, I need, Uh, I need my bullpen to settle down. Um, and I need maybe, like I said earlier, if Mason Miller pans out as is awesome, uh, which it's kind of shtick if you guys haven't, uh, picked up on that yet. But again,
0: you, you picked up Lars Newbar off waivers, right? Like it's, you really didn't pay anything.
1: No, no, I know. I'm not. uh, Yeah. But like, I need somebody like that to stick. It doesn't have to be Mason Miller, but it could be uh, Logan Gilbert, like turning into like something like a, top guy cody sanga i mean his he's been okay earlier in the year but if he could be an ace like I, I need an ace i need one of these guys to turn into an ace um, i mean which you, I don't you don't have.
0: you don't have a top 190 pitcher right now on your roster now i'm not saying that that's correct that these yeah. guys but just where they stand right now like these guys haven't i didn't realize it these guys have not come through for you at all on the pitching side
1: no i might have Overestimated my ability to just Scrap together pitching but you know what My my hitting has been good so it's All oh, I don't need to worry about that I need to worry about uh, The pitching side of things
0: so the hitters and, uh, are Unbelievable dude um, Cody Bellinger is a 25th player in the league Right now I,
1: I, I Did not believe that he had that in him I thought the change of scenery would be good like enough To take a flyer on him um, But Yeah this is it's surprising um, But this is serious. You know, he's lineup. a former former MVP. He's in his 20s, so it's not um.
0: He not just was looking so bad. Yeah, I mean, maybe you maybe you finally found the inflection point. But I mean, I'm looking at your lineup top to bottom here, man. And like Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Trey Turner, Cedric Mullins, uh, Lou Robert, uh Yoshida. Yeah, this is intense. Like you do have a lot of boppers here.
1: Yeah. And uh, and then also I love the um well, catcher flexibility is I like having it. and I've got Will Smith coming back too with Francisco Alvarez. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll break out.
0: Why um, do you like having awesome, catcher but, flexibility?
1: Um, because like it's just an empty spot in your lineup. Not a lot of pe- now. There's not a lot of catchers that play six or seven days a week. Um, so you're just giving up a lot of opportunities for counting stats without two catchers. Um, and also you're just really susceptible to one injury. Like, um it's a big hole when you have it, you have a good catcher and then he gets injured. There's not like, I don't think there's really that much production on the waiver wire. So then you're, if you're really trying to compete for a championship, then you have to make a trade for a catcher, um, which is a tough position to make a trade for. I don't know. Yeah, it is
0: hard. I don't know if there's ever been any blockbusters. That's a good point. I I was just curious because um, I wasn't sure if like you were thinking at it, like a lot of people think about it relative, right? Like I'd rather have that spot for another player, but uh, right. I think you bring up a good point. Most championship teams have a, a catcher that's really uh, accruing a lot of stats for
1: them. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to draft two, like two catchers in the top 10, but I got Will Smith at a good value. And then like, luckily to get a guy like Alvarez on the on the waiver wire. Um, I had Shea Langoliers for a while too. Someone like that, like just kind of that I can put in there on the off days and like hopefully can get me an RBI or something like that.
0: I like it, man. I like it. I didn't realize you were playing the, uh, um, the matchups as much like Bellinger, uh, against lefties, this and that, that's, uh, um, you'll be a tough out. So, so what's next? I always, I, it's always tough to talk about someone's team, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so the other two guys I have in uh, the tier with me is, uh, next one up Ari and, um, I think the the positives for his team of why I think, you know, he can kind of push into that playoffs is he's got a lot of serviceable pitchers, um, but he needs someone to step up as an ace. So he drafted Aaron Nola to be an ace. He's not been an ace so far, but um, he can bounce back. There's, you know, I I believe that can happen. Um, uh, He's got um, Freddie Peralta. Like it could be a good number two guy, Patrick Sandoval, a guy I really like. Um, so he's got good. Oh, and Max Fried, um, who got injured early. So, um, we haven't, that's probably why he's a little bit lower on the, on the rankings right now, but so he's got depth at the pitcher spot. Um, I like that, he really um, does. but I, the, on the flip side, I don't really know how much I trust these bats. Like he's heavily reliant on Bryson Stott and Brian Anderson. Like, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> these guys have been awesome. They've been st- off to a hot start, but like, I don't, I don't know if that's sustainable and, uh, he doesn't have depth to kind of play the hot hand. Um, so there's no, there's no hitting depth there. So, you know, when you're, when you only have 10 hitters, you got to play them every day. We'll see how that works out. Um, and, but I guess the case for him is that he's got the good pitching so he can make a trade. Um, he's got, uh, J rod and Tucker. So those are two guys that, Hey, if either of them or both of them are in an all MVP race, you know, that that can carry a team. You got two legitimate guys that could be an MVP caliber guy. And, um, and then Gunnar Henderson, you know, he hasn't, he's, maybe he was overhyped a bit, but if he figures it out, um, that's something to be optimistic for. So I think the case for him is that, um, just keep doing what he's doing with the pitching and then maybe find, get another batter too, just so he can, um, he can play the hot hand a little bit more and not have to just pray for stop. But maybe, you know what, he's a Phillies guy. Maybe he just rolls the dice with Stott all year.
0: It's a really good point. I, uh, I, I have to agree with all that analysis here. Um, it's, it's definitely a a coin flip as it relates to these batters here. These guys could keep it up, but, um, just streaky, you know, I don't, I don't see a, a rock in here. And if your rock is supposed to be Julio and, you know, he's in a sophomore slump, um, you're, you're, uh, you're swimming upstream. Like I said before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I haven't, um, I'm not too worried about, uh, Julio yet. So, um,
0: is that from all of your, uh, empirical analysis watching them? Listen,
1: Steve, just imagine, (laughs) imagine you're just walking through that fish market in Seattle, right? You go down to the water, look at those, what are they? Sea lions or otters or something that like come up on the shore and you grab your Starbucks, and you walk down to the stadium, you're, you're pumped to see J-Rod, and you believe in him.
0: You just painted a, uh, a very vivid picture, and I think I'm going to have to go to Seattle and see a game now.
1: It uh, was – I really liked the – I went to a game there a couple years ago. Um, I haven't been to – it's not like I've been all over the country. I've been to a few stadiums, but that was definitely one of the top on my list. I really liked it. Um, it's got this, like – Bar in center field where you like kind of walk down and you're kind of just like standing behind the fence. Um, so it was like kind of fun. I was in the upper deck, so it was like kind of fun to walk down there, just like in the sixth inning, I was standing there, like kind of like poking my head above the fence. Like I could get nailed with the home run right now. Um, could you so see a kind of feature?
0: Uh, that is a cool feature. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, Nicole and I, uh, we were watching this in baseball. And could you see, I, I was watching baseball, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I need to clarify that. Yeah. Uh, could you, and I said that I could see these stadiums one day being completely different than they are today. Um, and just moving towards more and more of like open space and people just kind of doing whatever the heck they want. Um, yeah. could you see something like that? Like you, you mentioned the bar in center field there. Like I kind of picture these things turning into just like big bars in a sense.
1: I do like that idea. Like, cause standing room seems to be a, a popular option, uh, at least for people our age um to kind of you know it's cheaper to get into the game you're going to walk want to rock walk around anyway get hot dogs um you know they could add in things like um i don't know batting cages kind of stuff like that around the outside so I, I like that idea actually
0: hold on did you in seattle at third were you eating hot dogs you weren't eating sushi uh
1: i was not eating sushi i was uh i think i i think i grabbed a hot dog um okay
0: i the, wasn't the, sure if i didn't know that was kosher in uh, seattle
1: I didn't know. I didn't know. Are there rule? Are there rules to that? I uh, I didn't it do just, the research on the on the food just, front. There,
0: I get the vibe that it was more evolved than a uh, than a tube steak, but you never know.
1: You know what? You're absolutely right. If I'm in the Seattle mindset set, I'm not eating hot dogs. I'm I'm wearing my Carhartt jacket and I'm chopping trees and I'm eating raw salmon.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're we're uh, we're we're thinking the same there. So I'll have to go back. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to go back and do it right. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. Uh, that sounds like a great place. I'm gonna have to definitely check that out. But well, maybe uh, so,
1: yeah. uh, next year's draft, Seattle.
0: Ooh, that could be fun. Uh, okay. Definitely unlikely.
1: But, uh, <laughs> yeah, and it would be kind of bad because we couldn't even go to a game. It'd be preseason.
0: It would be. I can't wait for the draft next year. The draft is. One of the best parts of this this whole thing.
1: Got to get, get got to focus on the season, Steve.
0: I know, I know. I'm just uh um uh, we've come a long way from uh, drafting in Ari's parents' basement with. That's like, true. Twelve of us around a ping pong table.
1: Man, I wish I had some video footage of that.
0: <laughs> I'm happy you don't.
1: <laughs> All, right, All right, so right, uh, uh,
0: let's let's keep moving yeah, here. We're, uh, last- we're definitely
1: last team in the pretender category pretenders a little mean, but you know what I mean? I, playoff teams, but I don't think that they are a true title contender right now is uh, Tim, uh, a little controversial. Wow. He's actually in second place, but um, after, yeah, after digging through uh, the team, looking at some stats, doing the eye test, mostly eye test. Um, I, I think it's a good team. I think he's got great uh, relief pitching production, which not everyone has. He's got two, pitching studs right now with, uh, Garrett Cole and Kevin Gossman. Not everyone has that. Um, but again, uh, no real hitting flexibility. Um, and more than that, he's got some players in there that are kind of multiple players outperforming their projections by a substantial amount, like, like Solaire, like Jake Berger, um, Matt Chapman, like Matt Chapman's like the top 20 player right now according to the rankings i like matt chapman i don't think that that's that's who he is a top 20 guy um so um so without the flexibility there makes me a little nervous um
0: that's interesting uh I, i think you bring up a really good point i texted tim for matt chapman i said i'll trade you for matt chapman
1: it's kind of an impossible guy to trade right now because he's giving tim amazing value um,
0: Is that why he didn't respond?
1: Yeah, yeah, he probably loves Matt Chapman too much.
0: Uh, no, I was just trying. I need a third baseman, but I'm with you here. Like, yeah. I didn't realize. like how. So are you just comparing the projections against the actual, the stat that they have here on the CBS app or on uh, that's, the website? I
1: was, yeah, just glanced in at that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. There are a lot of players outperforming where, where they're expected to be.
1: Right. And, I mean, you could look at that and say, hey, Tim did a great job drafting. He found – Great, good value and, and guys that uh, weren't there which is part of it like i'm not taking that part away from it but also um the, the no depth in the hitting uh is just kind of a, a risk there and i also had down that he's got um vlad performing well as an anchor uh but i kind of wish he had a had a second um like a robin uh on, in this lineup uh, of hitters and i don't really see who the robin is so but like i said he's got good a lot of options on the pitching side. So maybe he packages something up and gives Vlad a, a a second guy Um, or maybe Giancarlo Stanton stays healthy for the whole year. Um, And maybe hell freezes over.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I'm with you though. These aces are serious and uh, it's uh, I'm playing Tim now, so I don't want to, uh, um, I don't want to. uh,
1: Yeah. Don't um, the fantasy gods.
0: Exactly, but at the same time, I wouldn't because he's got a very legit team. But we'll see what happens. We'll definitely see what happens. Uh Garrett Cole yeah. is—he, I think Garrett Cole. Do you think Garrett Cole's a Hall of Famer if he if he has that season this year that like he's on pace for? Does he have? Does he have two Cy Youngs? Um. I think he's got one i'm gonna look right now how many rings does he have also i know that shouldn't matter but i think it mat i think it, it matters a little bit
1: yeah baseball i mean it's old school he's got no he's got no rings because the the astros lost that year
0: yeah he was only there one year or he was only oh. he was only in the the finals that one year
1: how about this no no cy youngs and no rings wow so I say no Hall of Fame, uh, but he can get that. Um, so, I mean, if his career ended today, um, his career ended today, I'd say he probably wouldn't. Um, and you he's have good. the New York media complaining about it for 10 years, but I think he's on pace that he will.
0: He's got 1,900 strikeouts. Like,
1: Yeah, that'd be brutal, not getting to 2,000.
0: I mean he's gonna get he's, is uh uh he'd have to have a bad jet skiing accident to keep him from getting to to two thousand.
1: No well, yeah. What if he just wakes up tomorrow and says, I I don't wanna I'm
0: done. Well, so here's something interesting. Like Clayton Kershaw, for example, has twenty eight hundred strikeouts. And he's in my eyes, I think he's a sh- uh first ballot hall of famer. Um yeah. Like no Cole, that's, uh, you know, what Cole could get close to that. That's, it... yeah, but yeah,
1: I think the other problem you have to think about in the, the baseball hall of fame, is like kind of the, the barrier to entry is a little tighter than it is in other sports. I feel like in oh, basketball doubt. and football, you just like have a great career. You're a hall of famer like baseball. I think that don't quote me on this, but I think, isn't there like 19 third basemen in the hall of fame? Yeah, no, like, you're a total. Right.
0: I was talking crazy. about this recently, a Yankee fan who was like up in arms about um, not up in arms, but they're very defensive of saying Don Mattingly should be in the Hall of Fame. And it's like, there's probably a million other players like that as well that are like yeah. Hall of Fame caliber that just aren't in it.
1: Right. Yeah. And so then how many, how many pitchers in this era are you going to let in? Because you're going to, if you're going to put in Kershaw, you're going to put in Scherzer, you're going to put in Verlander. Um, I
0: mean, so
1: you're going to put in.
0: So the I don't interesting know thing is though I wonder like what what statistic would map over to this the closest because like for example, Verlander and Kershaw both have almost a little under 80 career wars like they had seasons where their eras were just like unfathomable Garrett Cole has like a 40 career war like he's still like in theory he's halfway there like he's not <laughs> you know what I mean but in, for some reason I thought that he would be a little closer. He's halfway um,
1: there and he's only like but he's only like 2 or 3 years younger than Kershaw.
0: Yeah, Kershaw just started so early whereas right. Cole it took a little while. I mean Scherzer's got 70 so he's there. Um Yeah, I don't know if uh, we're we're definitely getting sidetracked, but uh
1: yeah, um, not I, he's not a Hall of Famer right now.
0: I think Yeah, I, th- I think you make a good point. He's definitely not a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, and there's it's also never been one year At least one year where you think that's the best pitcher in the league. Maybe it's this year, but that would be a crazy guy to put in the Hall of Fame if there was never one year where you thought, okay, he's definitely the best pitcher in the league.
0: He's lining up that year. He's a competitor, though, and this is my prediction. You could tell me if I'm wrong or not. I feel like he tends to tail off at the end of the fantasy season because he's got his eyes set on the playoffs. That's a risk.
1: I've never been uh, competitive late enough in the season to have to worry about that, but um, (laughs) good point. It's like I I believe that that's definitely a thing because especially when teams do that too, they'll line up their starters so that they're you know maximum um, rest for for that playoff. And his team's usually in that a good spot there, so that's I believe that
0: makes sense. All right. So then uh, let's keep moving through these. And you know, yeah. whenever we get to mine, um, you don't have to talk about mine. I'd, I'd love to just know where you got it ranked and then we can keep moving.
1: Well, the good news for you is that we got four left and these are all contenders. These are the oh. big four. Yeah. Nice. any one of these four can win. Uh, I'll start with uh, who I have in fourth is Mike, the Lottie long balls. Um, he's got uh okay. The problems with this team. Uh, does Sandy Alcantara stink? Uh <laughs> is he just is Mike just he's been in Miami too long and he's drinking the Kool-Aid and is just a ground ball pitcher who got figured out. That would stink. Uh
0: is that what people are saying?
1: That's that's what people are saying. Uh outside of the Miami media. If you, if you listen, but I think Mike's only listening to the Dan Levitard and Stu show now. Uh, (laughs) So he thinks Sandy Alcantara's hall of fame induction is next month. And, uh, and yeah, uh, another problem is second best pitcher is Erod, um, who almost tossed a perfect game against me the other day. So, um, can't talk too much crap on him, but, um, I'd like to see uh, some more depth there. Um, but, uh, he's got great hitting. And he's got hitting at all positions. Um, So uh, similar to his team last year, he might just overpower us uh, with bats. The, 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 the knock against him, the knock against him or, or um, is that, you know, he's got uh, Alec bomb kind of performing really well, but maybe that's, maybe that's who bomb is. He's still young enough that I could believe that. Um, And then, gorman and patrick wisdom are performing amazingly um so again if he was reliant on that i would be nervous but but he's got the bench to deal with that and he's got uh, o'neill cruz and bryce harper on the il so um you know those guys come back um harper more soon than cruz i I don't know if cruz will what, what what his timeline is but um so because he's not reliant on these guys that are performing really well it's kind of more like icing on the cake than it is uh like crossing your fingers for like a bryson stott to be like the face of your team
0: it makes that makes perfect sense uh yeah this and then like you said i have to agree on the pitching side as well it's uh that would probably be the the questionable mark here
1: yeah so um good team a contender jordan walker got sent down to the the minors today though so
0: what do you do um, there? Do you cut them?
1: I think in this league you do. Um, if you need this, if you, if you need uh, the space, and I think you know it might behoove Mike to play with that spot, try to find some streaming options, and maybe it's early enough in the season where you could still stumble upon a guy who um, could turn into a, a starter for you. Um,
0: yeah, I think like that's that. a really so, good point. Even though I so, have heard you say before. I don't believe in sunk costs.
1: <laughs> That's uh it's, it's the fallacy of the sunk cost. You know, everyone has an econ teacher that tries to trick you into that, but.
0: Everyone does. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I just know, I thought rookies were getting pushed up so far this year because of Julio and Wit last year. Right. And, uh, most of them are uh, um, other than Corbin Carroll, other than the one that I uh, explicitly called a bust. Although right. Carroll's, he's not a rookie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was kind of more established, but this, I'm not worried about Jordan Walker, the player, but I just think, you know, he'll get sent down for a little bit. He'll come back up. Maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he won't uh, in time for to be a relevant fantasy player this year, but you know, Mike's got the depth that if he wants to roll the dice with him, go for it. But I just think maybe play around with the roster spot. Um yeah, it's that's not, a good call. not a breaker, but speaking of, uh, prospects, the next guy on my contender list is, is King prospect. Uh, that's link. Um, <laughs> I, uh, he's the only guy in the league that's Ross. Roster- well, unless you count, uh, Mike, uh, who, who Walker just got sent down. He's the only guy in the league rostering a minor league player and he's rostering two of them. Uh, now granted, you know, they're on the brink of coming up, but you know, um, and I like that move. Um, but, uh, I said for, except for Link, he, what he needs is, I like Zach Allen, very solid guy. Um, Pablo Lopez, um, also performing well, and he just needs that third amigo, uh, for his pitching staff. And it could be Scherzer off to a slow start, but he, he's Max Scherzer. I haven't given up on him yet. Um,
0: it, it could was, be it was Brandon Woodruff, right? But he's, he might be shut down for the year.
1: Let's see. Um. CBS is saying till at least June first, but I'm not too familiar with the uh
0: what I'm what I'm hearing from uh my uh, internal sources, aka just podcasts I listen to. Um they're pretty worried about him. Okay. Um yeah, so
1: uh so that, that might be a bad news. Could be. I think he's a
0: I was say? just gonna say I was just gonna say it could be Scherzer for him then who is his uh you know his uh, white knight, but are you like Scherzer sure or it could a, be there's been a lot of talk lately about Scherzer being a psychopath. Are you are you still uh, are you still head over heels for him? Or
1: uh, I think he is a psychopath, and uh, and I like him. Uh, he's just like I think it's funny when your your name is Max. You kind of just inherit the nickname Mad Max, and I don't know if it's is he trying to live up to that, or is that just if you name a kid Max, like they were always going to be a bit crazy i think he got tossed out of like two or three games last year that he just wasn't pitching like he was sitting there in a sweatshirt so it's like kind of hard to do i feel like getting tossed out of those games um but i like the intensity on the field and um yeah i just hope he's got a one or i need one more good max scherzer year this is the year things are coming together so i'm not too worried yet um it's kind of uh suspicious the, the sticky stuff thing uh, that they'd come after Max Scherzer for that, who's just plays the game the right way, great competitor. I don't know why they um, tried to uh, frame him, but um, but I'm happy. Uh, maybe that'll spark his uh, spark something in him, and he'll come back even stronger.
0: Very well, could um, we'll see what happens there. So yeah, uh, but
1: the third amigo could also be. I was going to talk about this guy earlier when uh, we were talking about Arizona baseball. Uh, another exciting reason to watch on on league pass. Um, I'm a little nervous to say the name after Mike had his Emmanuel Classe debacle on last podcast, uh, but I'm going to go for it. Brandon Fott. I think who, you're right. I think you're right. Okay, G- great. Uh, I was, I was nervous about that. I, I was going to talk about him earlier when we were doing Arizona, but I, I, I got spooked. Um, but I mean, link renamed his team after this guy. So I think the team um, name is great. Right. Yeah, so that he could be the third amigo. There's a lot of hype, good hype there. Um, uh, so I like
0: that about uh, Link's team. Um, who rosters a minor league shortstop from in the Cincinnati Reds organization?
1: <laughs> I, 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 know he's, I I know
0: he's got hype, but come on, the Reds.
1: Yeah, I uh, I I'm not a unbiased source. When it comes to this guy, I had him in my dynasty league and I had to drop him last year when I was pushing towards the title. Cause he was like a wasted spot for me. Cause I needed it to compete. And the guy that picked him up, um, instantly texted me and said, you messed up. I just got, he's the best prospect in minor league baseball. And like weekly, I got a text from this guy being like, you know what Dela Cruz did this week? You know what the, so okay, he scares so you me. You like, you like Ellie. I'm, I'm more scared of him. Uh, that I did something bad, um, by, by giving up on him. Um, so it kind of, and this guy just pumps me with texts once a week about like how good this guy is. So I'm just like picturing he's going to get up here and be O'Neill Cruz, but like hitting 400.
0: I can't imagine what it would be like to get weekly Ellie LA, La Cruz chart. <laughs> yeah. Well, it changes you. That means that means you're deep in it, man. There's no <laughs> well, turning back. You're, you're, you are deep in the fantasy baseball game.
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I think about it a lot, um, but it's going to pay off for the top nine. Um, but besides De La Cruz, he's also got uh, um, uh, Kellenick, who is performing really well. Brett Beatty. Um, so he's reliant on some young guys that are that are that are playing well. Um,
0: but he's also is, got kind of is big, Brett is Brett Beatty playing well
1: he's playing well um <laughs> he, he was batting like 380 of a bunch of homers in triple a and we're just waiting to see him on a consistent basis basis okay. with the Mets said. Um, yeah he hasn't gotten like the full-time go-ahead yet but um yeah so I guess his stats really aren't there to support me saying he's playing well but I see the flashes it could be good but again it's like a depth piece for him and I like Kevin Seem because he's kind of got the King Steady people up top. Like Freddie Freeman is as steady as it gets in fantasy baseball. Um, Jonathan India is a guy I really like. It's kind of just like, I know where I'm going to get. I'm not worried about him. Um, Bobby Witt, great upside. Uh, so he's got he's got the pieces on that side. Um, and I think the case for him is that um, Kelenic's for real. Um, Bregman kind of figures it out. Um, he's not playing horrible, but just like playing like Ad- Bregman Adoles and uh,
0: Garcia has 30 RBIs already this year. Didn't
1: he Adoles? have like eight, eight in one game yesterday.
0: Yeah. I think he had three homers or something like that, but yeah, like damn, man, he's on a torrid pace.
1: Are you saying uh, it, this is unsustainable for link? Are you worried about him being a contender?
0: No, 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 no. I like his team. I think it's, uh, it's pretty well balanced. Like you said, uh, I'm saying Adoles Garcia is like on, I mean, last year Jose Ramirez did that in the, in April, he put up those, like, I think he had like 35 RBIs and a bunch of homers and stuff. He yeah. tapered off. I, I don't know if Adoles Garcia is going to put up 100 and, <laughs> 130 RBIs on the year.
1: But what, what do you think is more likely Adoles Garcia getting 150 RBIs or Pete Alonso getting 75 home runs?
0: Um, probably the adults, Garcia one. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> if we're just, if we're talking strictly probabilities.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I need, I need some grounding sometimes on my Pedalons expectations.
0: <laughs> All right. So that, uh, let's um, keep moving.
1: Yeah. Well, the last thing I will say about link, I uh, think he needs for his team is that we can't let Brian Reynolds uh, all that money go to his head. No one's ever been paid a hundred million dollars in Pittsburgh before, and you, you know the kind of shenanigans you can get up to in Pittsburgh with hundred million dollars. So we're kind of in uncharted territory there uh, <laughs> with a pirate. So I'm a little worried. Um, you know, now that he got paid, is he still going to be hungry? I don't know.
0: Uh oh, uh, it's gonna be hard to find a bottle of champagne if you're a Pittsburgh residence because uh Brian Reynolds' gonna have them all. <laughs> right.
1: Also, Reynolds has been on like uh he spent the last year and a half just searching Zillow and like Arizona and Los Angeles and probably in flushing. And now he's thinking, wait, I'm gonna be in Pittsburgh for 10 years. So but like I said earlier, Pittsburgh is gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, maybe he'll maybe he'll be the owner operator of a uh a steel smelter. <laughs> Every other restaurant you go
1: walk through the streets of Pittsburgh and it's like Brian Reynolds Steakhouse.
0: <laughs> Brian
1: Reynolds Ice Cream Hut. Brian Reynolds. I don't know. What else they have in Pittsburgh? Yeah, steel. You're right. You're right.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, They had their sandwiches where they just put a bunch of weird stuff on them. Oh, the Brian Reynolds? <laughs> Is that what they call them? I think they call them that now. I think so. Yeah, it is the Brunton Reynolds. Yeah, they just, whatever they got laying around, they just throw it on the sandwich. All right.
1: All right, Steve, we're up to number two, my number two contender, and that's you right now.
0: Oh, wow. I uh, appreciate that. I feel like that's a, uh, um, hopefully it's not a, a jinx.
1: Are you sneaky uh, mad that I didn't put you one?
0: No, 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 man. I, I thought, it, honestly, you'd leave me out of here. Why? Um, but while we're on the topic, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding you don't have to answer that <laughs> uh it'd be pretty lame if we talked about my team we'll see what happens uh i'll give know. you the
1: i'll give you the 20 second rundown uh just for oh. for and then oh. So, oh,
0: so okay i was gonna say i' meet you in the, i'll meet you in the middle at 10 seconds
1: 10 seconds all right i like the hitting depth but there's a lot of guys on there that are kind of like your average guy like, Tellez, Estrada, Jung, Mount Castle. Like, I don't know if that's sustainable. Uh, your pitching oh, is not, not enough. super deep, but <laughs> there are some, there's some studs there with Burns, Cease, McClanahan, Taj Bradley, Drew Smiley, perfect game, Drew Smiley. So I like that. And your case for, for being a good contender is that the Jaren Duran breakout is real. Um, you have good managing of your depth because like I said, there's a lot of like regular guys on there. So you're going to have to make sure you're making the smart starts and things like that. Um No pitching injuries. Ladolo returns to form. And uh, I just want to say Acuna was a great pick. He's living up to the hype. I did kind of um, talk him down a bit at the draft, but you made a good pick there.
0: What are are the, I appreciate those kind words. We'll see what happens here. Uh, um, I know how this stuff can turn on a dime. So uh, um, what are the, what odds would you assign? Or do you think uh, Ronald Acuna will have over 75 steals? I'm going to go – I'm going to hit the under on
1: that um, just because, because? <laughs> I I don't want to – I just I, – I think players like that. They, they run as long as they're hundred percent healthy, but I don't think people stay hundred percent healthy for the whole season. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt or even like a major injury, but Good it's point. like one of those things when you like tweak something and maybe he like, you know, misses a game for like, you know, like, hit, like a, a leg, like a sore calf or something like that. And then at that point you're going to be like, Oh, maybe we should just tone back the steals attempts. And I think that's the first thing that goes uh, when you start getting into the, the grind of the season. So I'm not saying a big injury or anything like that, but. But once the, um, those like little nagging things start to pick up and they go run less, but, but who knows? I
0: think, I think that's a great analysis and that, that seems incredibly plausible, right? Like, yeah. Like people yeah, feel you, good in April. One, one calf tweak. And you're talking about not running for three weeks.
1: Yeah. Cause it's, again, it's like, it's not worth it to just keep stealing through it. And then maybe you turn it into a pulled hamstring and then you're out for a couple of weeks instead of just, you know, taking it easy and, and just playing through it. So. Um, I'll take the under, but I would love to see it. I, I'm I'm rooting for it. I like all these guys stealing now. Uh,
0: I do too. So it seems like then the uh, um, your number one team aligns with the current rankings. Do you like the uh, um, the Boppers.
1: I like the Boppers. Uh, I'm going to beat them this week, so that'll that'll humble them a bit. Um, but it, it's it's a well put together team. I really like. It's got guys that have pedigree that I believe are good baseball players, and they're also bouncing back. Um, Guys like Marcus Simeon and Francisco Lindor, not that they were ever bad, but last year, maybe the year before, they had kind of some down years, and you could think, oh, are they 29, 30? Is this time to decline? No, it's not the decline. Uh, They're exactly where uh, we would expect them to be. You can get like Joey Gallo, who, yeah, maybe – you you can laugh, but we all know that Joey Gallo has pedigree and talent now that the shift's gone and he's kind of bounced back. I don't think that that's a coincidence. Um, So hitting on guys like that who um, kind of believe in, he's got Otani, what what else you need to say there? And then uh, Corbin Carroll, the sensational rookie that he picked him, thought it was early, but it's not going to be early when he gets all those steals he gets on base. He provides pretty much a little bit of everything. And then the supporting cast around that is just all really solid guys. Steven Kwan, Andy Diaz, guys like that. So really no holes and he's got the power at the top. So, um, so I like that a lot. He's got more uh, on the pitching side. Um, Iglesias is top closer has not even played. So He'll have that right. coming back to the bullpen. That's a great ace in the hole. Um, aces, he, Zach Wheeler is not playing like an ace, but I think he is an ace. So I think that, that that's another place where he's going to see improvement. Um, and then he needs like Barrios, Flaherty, Lazardo, someone to become the B to Zach Wheeler, um, which I think that's within their realm of possibility. And, um, and yeah, so the thing is the, the, the boppers aren't first um they've got sustainable stars at the top they've got guys that i think they've got things that i'm worried about them making them even better so uh, as it stands now the guy's the top uh, tight top title contender
0: yeah i have to agree with everything you just said there um i really do see a lot of depth here and uh he's going to be a hard out and so uh off to a, a scorching start and i could see it i could see it continuing so yeah really yeah, good I,
1: for uh, big for cb east uh we needed
0: that CBS is definitely uh, probably leading the, uh, the wager this year. I know there's a lot of uh, South guys at the bottom, I think.
1: Right. Well, the whole uh, enjoy your summer tier is
0: South guys. Yeah, that's a good point. They uh, Maybe they can vacation together.
1: That's probably what they're doing. Come, go join Danny wherever he's at right now. Whatever beach he's on, not checking his team.
0: Right. Well, hey, that was a incredibly thorough analysis and it was a lot of fun as well. And so I appreciate you uh coming on and being willing to do that. Uh, it's gonna be fun to see how this all plays out. Yeah, man.
1: I'll enjoy being on any I'd
0: love to uh before we let you go here, uh um I always say we as well in listening to the podcast recently. Uh I don't there isn't another person, but we'll just keep we'll just keep it up for a good you form. Got, no,
1: you get your producer over your shoulder.
0: <laughs> yeah, the intern.
1: Right. So, uh,
0: um, yeah, before we let you go here, uh, uh, I saw a Sabermetrics, uh, a new Sabermetrics statistic that I thought was interesting. I'd love to just hear how you're thinking about uh, um, advanced statistics and uh, if you have anything uh, interesting on the topic. So Um, we actually – Yeah, go on, go on.
1: Yeah, I was going to say we were going back and forth the other day because I know we have this kind of side league that um, with the funny stats. We haven't really – it's kind of been a slow start over there. I don't know if that uh, might've made it a little too weird, but one of the things we were talking about is like the pitches for pitches attempt uh, pitches per plate appearance. And um, you texted me earlier in the season and saying, how do you like look for guys that are good for that? So I was looking through the stats and I found a bunch that I really like. Um, so there's the uh, it's basically about your plate discipline statistics. So there's like the outside the zone swing rate, how much are you swinging at pitches out of the zone? How much are you swinging at pitches in the zone? Um, how much are you making contact when you're switching at pitches outside the zone and vice versa inside the zone? And then like how much pitchers are giving you pitches inside the zone and, and your swing rates on all those. So I was looking through the, so these stats and there's some really, yeah. really funny breakdowns of guys. Some of them you do like, wow, I expected that. Some of them I didn't. So I was just kind of, I've got this uh, table up. I was going to ask you some to see, uh, see what you thought so
0: absolutely yeah i'd love to
1: so the number one so the first thing that comes up is the o swing percentage so the, this is the amount of times that you're swinging how much are those pitches outside of the zone
0: okay so the thing so with these have a, statistics you have to keep in mind right is like they can be a little skewed because like some people don't swing as much right 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 so you're thinking about someone who's swinging a lot right um well, I can tell you. Should I guess, or you're saying who is who's leading the league right now in outside the zone swing rate?
1: Uh, yes.
0: I I he I swings like,
1: this guy. If you want to know, he's he swings at fifty nine percent of the pitches.
0: So which I is a ri- little high. That is, that is very high. I would have originally guessed Jazz Chisholm, but I know that he's worked on some discipline this year. Um, I'll go with. I know Juan Soto's up there this year. He's having a tough year. Um, but it's definitely not Soto. I don't even know. I don't even know the first place to look. Like Carlos Santana? Like, is it someone like that?
1: No, it it's uh it's funnier than that. I, so it's funny when I think about this, and maybe I'm just skewed because I'm a Mets fan, but I thought there was I thought Javi Baez would be number one, and I thought it'd oh, be like by 15%.
0: That's a great um, point.
1: Yeah, I would just call this the hobby bias statistic. He's, he's in the top 10. He's number eight. He's 42% of the time he's swinging at balls. Um, Jeez, that's terrible. But no, number one, 47.4% of the time, this guy swings the bat. It's at a ball. And that's uh, Kevin's guy, Salvador Perez, fourth round, wow. fourth round draft pick.
0: Salvi Perez, fourth round draft pick is swinging at the most balls.
1: Yeah. And you know what pitchers know that too because I'm also looking on here. They're only throwing him strikes 34% of the time.
0: These these analytics teams like in these organizations have to be um, telling these players what to do all day long, right? Like they're going to these pitchers and saying, "Hey, Salvador Perez, do not do yeah. not pitch, do not pitch this guy a strike no matter yeah. what.
1: Bounce it to the plate." Um, but that's another reason, like I was saying, with Kevin's team, like it, it was old. Um, and so like, is this guy going to bounce back? And it looks like he's just flailing at pitches now. I could be wrong, though. I'm, I'm not a front office
0: guy. No, it's gonna, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Because, like, these things tend to be predictive. And like, they're the thing that I find interesting about it is like, uh, there's ways that when using all these like saber metrics, you can kind of quantify like some decision making, right? Like, like Salvador Perez's decision-making has not been good. Um, no. and so normally when you make bad decisions, you don't get great outcomes.
1: And it's probably a frustration thing. Cause he's like been one of the best hitters for a while. So, you know, you got to okay, sympathize for him, but this guy's yeah, got to keep the bat on his shoulder.
0: Yeah. He could be, he could just be seeing it slow coming back from that injury. But, uh, um, yeah. I, I love the sabermetric type stuff, man. I'd love to ask you. Like, um, I, I feel like we're going to be able to analyze every inch of a baseball field and every movement a player makes if we're not already doing it. Yeah. Um, is there anything that like, like what you could see is like on the horizon as like a another dynamic to add on in terms of like how we uh, slice and dice all this stuff, or do you think we've kind of maxed out already?
1: You mean in terms of fantasy?
0: or like if i was
1: building a team
0: so i think both could be intriguing uh i think the easier answer would be for fantasy like or have we yeah what what would you say for fantasy and if you haven't thought about it it's, it's fine
1: uh no I thought about a little bit of kind of like what things to look at for fantasy but I think also what makes fantasy fun is just kind of the under the intrinsic understanding when you're watching the game like understanding how that translates into points um and I think that's kind of been the pushback on some of these crazy stats it's like is that good when I'm watching so you kind of like but part of makes with fantasy fun is that you're just kind of watching the game and it's enhancing the game because you're understanding what's going on. So it's cool to see, Oh my God, I got an RBI. My guy got a run. Um, so, you know, you can't like a guy like could hit a single and move a guy to 30 and you'd be like, how does that increase his weighted, weighted runs created plus statistic? Like I, I it's right. hard to understand that. So um, I don't know if there's ever be a time that we'll get to that, that crazy, a thing in fantasy, I did think maybe a fielding percentage would be a fun wrinkle, just like as a tiebreaker category, because it, it kind of would be like a thing to see a guy in the field. But that's more it's a,
0: important for baseball. Although it's a lot a, of these, yeah. a lot of these hitters, these top hitters, really aren't great fielders.
1: Well, and that and that gives you another, like it's maybe it's risky to put all these like great hitters in the lineup at the same time because you get an error or two, then you kind of botch that category for the week. It probably wouldn't come into effect in many of the dog days of summer but in the, the, these playoff matchups when you're analyzing every start it would be could be a, a fun wrinkle and like you said it's an important part of the game that we just totally ignore in baseball and in, uh, fantasy
0: um i think you bring up a great point have you heard of the new like um they they posted on baseball savant like yesterday or today the new saber metric this year that everyone's uh, talking about as it relates to catchers um no what is it, it it's called pop time. Oh, I know.
1: I know pop time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So is this is this something that's been around for a while, or like you just inherently understand what pop time is? I guess it's pretty self-explanatory, right?
1: <laughs> um, I think I remember like in high school, and like the baseball kids were talking about pop time, and I was not a baseball kid in high school, so I thought it was like a funny thing to 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 bring up. But it's like the so, the time from catching it to getting it to second base, right, on the steal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So they're saying it here. Uh, I'm reading the definition. It's a combination of exchange time. So how quickly the catcher releases the ball measured in seconds and arm strength, velocity of the throw in miles per hour. And yeah. um, so it says that the average pop time on steel attempts is two seconds. And then they have a leaderboard for the top pop time, which is really oh, interesting. Man. I'm going right? to spend
1: like, too much time on that.
0: Well, so who do you think number one in terms of, uh, so the lower, lower the pop time, the better. Uh, who
1: do you think is number one? Well, you kind of started laughing when you said it. Um, that's, misleading.
0: that's misleading.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a, so it's got to be like a defensive catcher, like a guy that um, uh, that's only getting playing time. Cause people talk about his defense. Um,
0: hmm. it's actually a um like a great athlete
1: uh well if it's a great athlete then is it uh
0: is it is it real mito yeah oh wow yeah, yeah see I, guess, I wouldn't
1: have guessed that because he's such a good offensive player
0: i wouldn't have either yeah he's 1.81 pop time to second base don't uh, steal on that guy <laughs> exactly um yeah so i just think it's so cool how we're like yeah, if you go to if you go to um, Baseball Savant, they have this uh, Pop Time leaderboard, and um, uh, it's just so cool how we can quantify all this stuff now. And uh, I, I still don't believe, and you can disagree with me here, and this is maybe too philosophical for for uh, late on a uh, Wednesday evening. But I still don't believe that any of this um, these analytics can lead to like uh winning baseball games like i think it can help like you become a better franchise and make better decisions but i don't think it just in like guarantees championships uh i don't know like has I think the, it guarantees
1: like, championships
0: <laughs> let let me let me reword that like i don't believe just having big data and analyzing big data Will translate to championships because there's, there's so many qualitative factors of the game that are important as well. And like, I I guess the Mets like somewhat took some in-house and like they won a championship, but like, I still don't believe that was strictly just big data making the decision. So I, I think that's the question that's going to have to be asked because what we're spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year on this kind of stuff. And like, like The A's have never won a championship. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess it,
1: well, you need the but you need the budget to support it too. But when you have money and you have the data, like I don't, uh, there's not a reason why you shouldn't be competitive. I think I just think there must be some kind of formula, or else like how do we get like how does like what is Theo Epstein if it's not a formula? Is he can is he just like see into the souls of people, and that's he can just win championships in places that they don't have championships i I don't know i I
0: think it's i think it's um uh so this is tough because i bet there's a lot of arguments against this i think it's it's a little a little bit of luck in his instance i think he's incredibly prepared and incredibly bright and puts these things together and he happened to you know he happened to um uh strike gold each time
1: yeah it definitely it definitely could be but as I spend too much time looking at these numbers to believe that it's all luck or that it's luck. I feel like I'm going to look at them long enough and I'm going to find the secret
0: sauce. I'm with you there. I don't like saying it's luck because it discredits someone because I don't want to discredit Epstein at all. But um, the fact that it's just not um, if the big data worked, you would have the same, I think you would have like the best the team with the best engineers winning year after year would you not yeah so i guess you're right like the the budget comes into as yeah because
1: then you, you push up the budget on on guys when they're when they're discovering you might price yourself out of teams
0: but hasn't like yeah and steve steve cohen has been an example of budgets don't matter right like yeah it's true budgets don't matter like now it's just a matter of like deepest pockets and all these guys have pretty deep pockets so yeah it'll be interesting to see i just uh i love what it means for fantasy baseball i love following the stuff along but as it relates to uh actually winning a baseball championship i'm not i'm not sold that um that this stuff makes that i'm not sold it makes as big as a difference as everyone believes well maybe it just raises your floor like it raises
1: your floor you to make sure you're a top 9 program and then after that you need some luck you need some heart but to get to that threshold where your floor is top 9 you need to crunch the numbers.
0: It's a great point. It's all it's all about that top 9.
1: Yeah. Here's 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 one more funny one with the uh with the uh the advanced statistics I was looking at. So Z contact percentage that means the percentage of the time you swing at pitches in the zone and you make contact with the ball. Okay. So do you know do you do you have a prediction on what that percentage is that leads the league and who it is?
0: Zone contact percentage, I would probably think it would be like somewhere in the because the zone is pretty big. I I would think mm-hmm. it'd be someone in the like um 30% range.
1: No, know. no, like Not so far like, off. Yeah.
0: So is it someone in the like 60 or 70, like they make contact like 60 or 70% of the time when they swing in the zone.
1: Yeah. When the pitch is in the zone and they, if the the pitch is in the zone and they swing at the ball. Yeah. How much time do they make? So the other, the other way to look at that is like what the inverse would be what your swing strike percentage is on strikes.
0: Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Um, I was thinking of, um, I was thinking kind of of that. I was also taking into consideration just like all zone um, zone pitches, but it, they've got to be the ones you swing at. So that makes more sense. Yeah. You, I would guess it then would be closer in that 60 or 70% range, like you said. I, what about someone like a Stephen Kwan or like a Andres Jimenez? Uh,
1: Stephen Kwan is number two. Uh, wow, really? Yeah. Um, he, but you're off on the number. Stephen Kwan, when he swings at a strike – he makes contact with the ball 97.6 percent of the time. What? That's I, I, that's unbelievable to me. Like, so does that. he
0: not swing ever? Is that uh, is all the, like is his is his a uh, denominator just I really can, small?
1: He's got one of the lower swing percentages. So he only swings at 38 percent of the pitches, um, but he just doesn't miss when he when he swings at it. Um, but he's wow. so actually he's number two. Cabrian Hayes is number one, 98 percent. And that's he swings cool. more than he swings more than Kwan. That's unbelievable. I you gotta, you gotta turn on a pirates game and watch and watch this guy foul off strikes.
0: I must be missing out on watching, uh, watch that. So is, are his, uh, uh, pitches per plate appearance pretty high.
1: Well, that's what I got to, uh, let's see. He's seen gotta run he, the numbers. He's seen 379 pitches this year in, in 101 plate appearances. So 3.7, he could get that up, but Steven Kwan, 473 pitches seen in 110 plate appearances. So that's like over 4.5, 4.5, something like that. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I, so the other, the other good guess would be Luis Aray- Arise.
0: Yeah. It's um, these, it's these high batting average guys, right?
1: Yeah. Luis Any, Arise? any
0: power guys up there?
1: Let's see. I'll Let's read you off. 10. Uh, yeah, So The top 10 of. Zone contact is Cobrian Hayes, Stephen Kwan, Luis rise Alex Verdugo, Nico Horner, Elvis Andrus, Jose Ramirez. There you go, Jose Ramirez. Yeah.
0: Uh, so that I would I would equate Josh to, Naylor, number nine. He's not, he's not, he's another Indian. Most of these guys are Indians or uh, Guardians. Guardians.
1: Yeah. Um, Guardians. Yeah, three Guardians in that. the top 10. See, I bet the Guardians front office really looks at this.
0: I bet they do. I mean, look at what they're doing with pitching right now as well. But again, wow, don't
1: talk don't talk me into another league pass team, Steve. Don't pull <laughs> my leg.
0: I don't know you. I don't know if you want to be uh, picturing yourself in Cleveland. It looks like uh, um, it looks like Minnesota's cousin.
1: <laughs> we walk to the beautiful waterfront. We see the this, the lake effect storm moving in and hope they get seven innings in before it's called for snow. I can see it.
0: Man, their fans will look cold there during games in July. I don't know what it is. It's just the atmosphere in Cleveland can be a little uh uh dour. But uh uh I would I would imagine the fact that Jose Ramirez – because some of those guys like Cobrian Hayes is not a good hitter. Like the uh, Well maybe he could maybe he could be, but like This is coming from a guy
1: who said he hasn't watched one pirate game this year.
0: But I followed Cobrian Hayes plenty plenty close enough. Um <laughs> but like the fact that Jose Ramirez is in there. That me like, I, I I would extrapolate from that that, like, like that shows how good of a pure hitter he is.
1: Yeah. So yeah. He's got the power as well. Yeah. I'm just trying to eyeball you know, this here. There's how not How many a,
0: homers do those guys have on the year? Like, uh, I'll look right now. Like, Hayes and Quan combined.
1: Hayes has one. Quan has zero.
0: Veriz right? exactly. has one.
1: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so the only guys, so Verdugo's got three. Ramirez has three um actually arise has a pretty good slug for not having any homers
0: maybe it's from that uh um the day hit the cycle yeah so well we're probably running pretty late here uh in regards to uh it's going to be one of our longer podcast uh It'll be interesting to see if, uh, if our listeners are still listening by, uh, the hour and a half mark, but, uh,
1: listen, if I know anything about our league, it's that they, they want to hear more about zone contact percentage.
0: I, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'd have to agree with you. This has been fantastic though, man.
1: Yeah, uh, I I could do this. Uh, I could do this, uh, do this all the time. It's just, just between this and watching, you know, West coast baseball. So, um, good use of my night, I'd say.
0: Oh, yeah, I have to agree. Is there anything uh, anything else you'd like to uh, leave on here? Or do you think we've, uh, we've covered everything?
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't have to go too much in depth on this. But I was kind of wondering, like, what, what are your top three baseball movies?
0: Oh, wow. That's a great question. Top three baseball movies? Yeah.
1: Actually, you know what? Can, can I get your top three baseball movies? And then one baseball movie that hasn't been made, but you think they should make it?
0: Oh, wow. So what is that like about a baseball event? Yeah, it, open-ended. Okay. All right. That's a fantastic, fantastic question. So my top three baseball movies are definitely going to be um, number one for me because it's just nostalgic and brings me back is uh, Angels in the Outfield. Okay. That was one of my like first, I remember watching Angels in the Outfield before uh, the Sandlot Um It was, uh, you know, always been a big uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan.
1: Right. Yeah. Kind of sneaky all-star cast, too.
0: Right. Uh, Who's the – who was the coach, Um, the famous?
1: Danny Glover.
0: Danny Glover, yeah. Danny Glover's great. He's kind of like that, like, intense father. Um, Oh, wow.
1: Danny Glover, Matthew McConaughey, Adrian Brody, Tony Danza. Is this real? McConaughey Lloyd. was in it. McConaughey definitely was in it. Yeah,
0: I forget what character he was. Like I, I was so young when I saw this that I really didn't see it often. After.
1: I think he like, was a center fielder. Like I don't think he was that famous either.
0: Oh, this is this is unbelievable. I didn't even realize this. Um, maybe I hit on a that is McConaughey. Wow. Maybe I might hit have, on something here.
1: Honestly, of all the baseball movies, that might have the most like combined Oscars adrian brody mcconaughey that's at least two
0: yeah um because a lot of those other ones oh well hold on joseph gordon levitt does he have an oscar i hope (laughs) for one of the batman movies yeah just oscar for being awesome
1: (laughs) um what about uh best uh best actor don juan no i didn't win rats
0: Alright, so then my second favorite baseball movie has to be um jeez there's so many man I I have to go Sandlot. Yeah, that's a classic. Right, I think that's going to be in most Millennials top, top ones and then my final favorite baseball movie um I only, I've only seen it once but I remember being, because um, I'm not a big movie guy, and I remember being uh, um, just like hooked when I was watching it. And it was the one about Maris uh, going for, is it 61?
1: Oh yeah, 61.
0: Yeah, I loved that movie. I thought that was such a good movie. It was really intense too.
1: I actually watched that right after um, Judge broke the record last year. I'd never seen it before. Um, but it was amazing to see how differently people live like the yeah. them two like shared an apartment. Like imagine yeah. being a multi-million dollar baseball player now sharing an apartment with your teammate.
0: Completely different world. Yeah. I uh, I really like 61. What what are your uh, top three baseball movies?
1: Well number one, I'm actually shocked this wasn't on your list, especially how much we talked about analytics is Moneyball.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. Um I do like Moneyball. Uh I think that's a great call. That's a yeah. really good movie. Um billy bean's a, a neurotic fella
1: yeah and uh kind of right up our alley with talking about swinging strike rates things like that so um we got some oscars in there too with uh, jonah hill and actually does jonah hill have an oscar jonah
0: hill I might uh, i mean Phil- philip seymour hoffman is incredible
1: oh yeah right so great acting in that one too plus great content so i like that one um I'm gonna put this is more of a nostalgia pick, but The Natural with Robert Redford.
0: Oh, I love um, The Natural. Yeah, that's a great one.
1: It's one of my first memories of a baseball movie. Like my grandpa, like babysitting me as a as a young kid, and he had that on. And I I w- could have thought that movie was from 1800, like that's how old <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah. And I grew up and realized it was like from the mid 80s. I was like, that's that's crazy. But um, so that's like a nostalgic one for me. And then uh, Rookie of the Year I had on VHS watched it all the time you know that brings
0: me back Henry
1: Roa Godna or whatever his name was like I I literally thought that you could just like break your arm and and be a be a pro but baseball player like um the only knock on that is that they beat the Mets in the NLCS spoiler if you haven't seen the movie (laughs) um but uh yeah that that was a good that
0: was a fantastic movie man I might might have to
1: throw it on tomorrow
0: Oh wow, I forgot about him. I'm looking at the pictures right now. Um the picture of the guy on the Cubs with the glasses. Um like kind of oh, like the, yeah, he's like the
1: zany manager or something.
0: Yeah. Um wow. Those are those are uh um I think we covered some some great movies there. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, this yeah. has been unbelievable. I can't wait to uh um to publish this and uh hopefully everyone enjoys listening to it, man.
1: Yeah man, I anytime you want me back on, I'll, I'm I'm ready to go. Talk about more uh more more stats, more analytics, uh, rip on Kevin's team a little bit more. That's that's what I that's what I live to do in the spring.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a fan club there, but again, I think we're just always uh, taking shots at the champ because his uh his numbers back it up. But, yeah. Uh, um yeah, we'd love yeah. to again, we would love to have you on uh in the future. And maybe we'll uh, what we'll do is uh We'll get a, uh, um, a dueling pod going. I, I would love uh, um, to get you on with someone else and, uh, you know, a little uh, battle of the minds. Just like the rabbit
1: hole baseball, the not for everyone podcast.
0: <laughs> the, the not for everyone podcast. I love that. That yeah. should actually be the title of this podcast. Podcast <laughs> is literally for no one except yeah. for 11 guys.
1: We're actively trying to lose our listeners in Asia and, and uh, Europe that we work so hard to get.
0: Right. We've uh, we've been um, our our bubble on the map has been getting darker and darker in Germany. So I'm not really sure what's going on there.
1: Shout out to all, shout out to everyone listening in Germany. Thanks for thanks for listening.
0: Yeah. Well, one of these days we'll have to get a German listener on here and get their top three baseball movies. Yeah,
1: that 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 should be interesting. I'm sure there's some German, you know, you know, you know how German cinema is how they do things. <laughs>
0: i'm actually i actually don't
1: yeah it's all quiet on the western front but they just play a little baseball in between trench storming
0: that would be intense yeah
1: all right man well thanks for having me on say uh thanks to the, the podcast intern as well for booking me and uh t- tell them to give me a call anytime you need to need another
0: guest certainly well man uh love having you on here thank you